Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Folks, and welcome back to Wrestle Rant Radio for January 7, 2021. I'm Graham Jesus and Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. Of course, as always, we got Mr. Marceau in the line to help me break down all the latest in the world of wrestling in the first full week of 2021, including Raw Legends Night, which was not the greatest, of course. Um, we're talking that, we're talking NXT New Year's Evil, and AEW Night 1 of uh, New Year's Smash on Wednesday night, which were Two very, very good shows last night. We are not talking New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, though I did watch both nights. We never really talk New Japan here on the show anyway, but I did watch both nights. Uh, my in-depth analysis of both shows will be up on WrestleRant.com very, very shortly, so be sure to check that out. But before we get to Mr. Marceau, we're airing my exclusive interview with Raw superstar and the former number one contender to the WWE Championship on Monday's Raw anyway, Keith Lee. He's back here on WrestleRant Radio to talk about his upcoming, or rather at that point, upcoming opportunity at the WWE title on Raw Legends Night. He's talking his move to the main roster, his time in NXT, his amazing 2020, his goals for 2021, who he wants to step in the ring with next, his desired dream opponents, what the hell happened with that theme song in the gear change. He is talking all about that stuff, and it was a great conversation with one of my favorites on the Raw roster right now. We're going to air that first and then get to Mr. Marceau talking all the latest in the world of wrestling as I mentioned earlier. Before we get to any of that, be sure to check out WrestleRant Radio every single Thursday on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and Google Play. New episodes every single Thursday. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode. On that note, I'm going to throw it to my candid conversation with the limitless one, Keith Lee, from last week. Hey, how's it going, Keith? Hey, good morning to you. I'm quite well. How are you? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. Well, the last time that we spoke back in July, it was a day removed from when you won the NXT Championship, became the dual champion back in NXT um, as the North American champion as well. Almost exactly six months later, you're going to be contending for the WWE Championship on the very first episode of Raw, which we've seen a, uh, you know quite a few times over the years. Mankind obviously won the WWE Championship on the first Raw of 1999. Uh, among many other opportunities as well. How does it feel to be walking into the first Raw of 2021 in a WWE Championship opportunity? Hmm. I would say that it's um, a little nerve-wracking and um, somewhat surreal, uh, considering the names that you mentioned previously and the history behind it. Um, but also, uh, to an extent, kind of feels natural. Because mm-hmm. um, somehow, some way, I tend to find my way into opportunities. It's never easy, and it's never hurry up and go get it. But one way or another, I managed to find a way. And here we are again with another opportunity to start off the year strong. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited about it. 
You, you mentioned on Raw Talk this past week that you want to make yourself a legend this coming night on Raw, because of course it's Legends Night, uh, that edition of Monday Night Raw. And you guys have had some few matches before on the main roster, as well as beyond WWE, you and Drew McIntyre, um, two previous matches a couple of months ago. How is this match going to be different than any other encounter that you guys have had up to this point, aside from the fact that, of course, the WWE Championship is going to be on the line? Well, I mean, to be fair, we've had an encounter where the WWE Championship was on the line, and mm-hmm. we had an interference from Randy Orton. The biggest difference is in that match where we met, Drew was injured. Mm-hmm. And that's something that was difficult to deal with. And in this match, number one, Drew is not injured. And at this point, I'm a little peeved with the, situa- the situation with um, Sheamus. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's going to be less hesitation and a little more intentionality, especially with the goals that I have in mind for myself. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the last time that we spoke was way back when in July. And at that point, I was asking you about the whirlwind of the year that you had from Survivor Series of 2019 up until that point, up until becoming NXT champion. The last six months have been pretty crazy as well, from winning the NXT championship, making the immediate move to Monday Night Raw, competing at Survivor Series, beating Randy Orton to payback, now finding yourself in a WWE title opportunity next week on on Raw. Um, How much of a whirlwind have the last six months been for you in WWE? So, I think that the nature of the beast that is this sport is a whirlwind in general, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's all hectic and it's all a little chaotic. Uh, In NXT, it felt more like a controlled chaos. And I think that when I came up to Raw, (laughs) it just kind of became chaos all out. And Mm -hmm. so, there was, you know, adjustments to be made and... Also, strategic moves to be made on my part to try and make the biggest impact as possible. And it just kind of threw me into the deep end of the water uh, right away, which is kind of what I like. Um, Somehow I've managed to swim, and the idea is to keep swimming until I'm standing on top of the water. And at this point, um, the opportunity is in front of me to make it happen, man. So... Mm -hmm. It's chaotic, it's a whirlwind, but that's kind of what I thrive in, so I have no problems with that. Have you had a chance to be able to reflect back on the last year that you've had in 2020 going into 2021, or has it been so chaotic that you really haven't had a chance to let it sink in yet? I take my moments, man. Mm -hmm. Um, There's times where, you know, if it's as simple as me hopping on the motorcycle and going for a ride, or even if it's in a workout, or... There's always some moment where I'll kind of sit back and just breathe. Um, and there's times where uh, maybe meditation. But I always try and take a moment to look back at things and either see if there's something I could have done better or maybe how I can do things better in the future or maybe it's a strategic approach. Anything I can do to get myself mentally prepared because it's it's difficult to keep one's mind intact sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to the recklessness that is this sport. <laughs> Has there been any one piece, any one key piece of advice that you've had since coming to the main roster, whether it be from someone backstage or a family member or a friend or um, a legend or whoever that you've received in the last six months that has really stuck with you now that you're on the Monday Night Raw roster? Mm. it's 
So that's that's a difficult thing. Um, yes and no, mm-hmm. because you know you get you get verbiage from people quite often, right? Um, and some people are friends, some people are peers, some people are people you're just meeting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a it's a it's a Vince or it's a Triple H, and there's always something to take. And I think that um, while I could say yes, more so it's probably the culmination of everything, mm-hmm. and just kind of picking pieces out of each thing for myself and trying to make the most of the large amount of information being given to me. Mm-hmm. We had your 24 come out on the WWE Network just a couple of weeks ago. It was a great piece of business. The 24s are always great, but yours particularly uh, was very, very good. What was the feedback like that you received from the special that aired on the network a couple of weeks ago? <clears throat> Actually, uh, yeah, that was kind of surreal, man. Uh, <laughs> because I'm, I'm really not one that likes to share personal stuff. And, mm-hmm. then, you know, obviously I didn't share every single thing, but giving people an idea of, you know, what Keith Lee's life was like and where he came from and things of that sort was, you know, a little, a little nervous situation for me because I just don't do that. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of people really enjoyed it. And I don't know, maybe they felt closer to me or felt like they understood me a little better. Mm-hmm. Well, they certainly understood where certain things about me came from. And the overall feedback felt very positive. So I was very appreciative of people's accepting nature of the, the film itself. How did the documentary come about? Because obviously it kind of culminated with you arriving on the main roster back in August. How, how far back did you know about the documentary being made before <clears throat> it finally aired uh, a few short weeks ago around Survivor Series time? <laughs> um, <laughs> I honestly didn't know about it very close to it at all. Yeah. Um, and really, that's because it was not—it was not supposed to be anything other than um, just a, you know, this is his debut on Raw and how mm-hmm. he got here. <clears throat> and then, as I had conversations with people, and as we talked about more things and other opportunities came about to talk to family and things of that sort, they were like, "Listen, this can turn into something really cool if you're up for it." Mm-hmm. And that team, you know, I give them all the credit because they were great. They were fun to work with. My family enjoyed them. I enjoyed them. And I I gave the reins to them. And it, it became so much more than just a 24 of Keith Lee debuting on Raw. This mm-hmm. became a, a 24 of here's how Keith Lee got here. <laughs> yeah. This is what he went through to get here. This is where he came from. This is how he grew up. You're meeting a man, and what you see is the culmination of all these things. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's such a cool approach to it, and being able to include friends and, and peers and things of that sort of people that have been mentors in the documentary itself was just like super touching, man. Super yeah. touching. It's magic. Yeah. Definitely. I think I, I think it's safe to say it resonated with a lot of people, which was really cool. So, again, it culminates with your debut on the Raw roster the night after SummerSlam, kind of a lot like the night after WrestleMania where things kind of reset and whatnot. 
Obviously, a lot of people were opinionated regarding the whole theme song thing, the theme song change. You have a new theme song now that you debuted back at Survivor Series, which was great. Uh, we're hearing that now every week on Raw. What was that process like, getting the song that you have now, the change? Because you said from the very get-go, listen, guys, I got this handled. I got this, you know, under lock and key, whatever. You got it figured out. You have the song now. Can you explain the whole process and going from the song they had in NXT to what you then had when you came to Raw to then getting what you have now? Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was something else. <laughs> yeah. So originally, man, honestly, even I was a little perplexed, right? Mm-hmm. You got all the people that came up to Raw who still used their old music. Mm-hmm. Mind you, none of them did their own music. I'm the only one that did. Mm-hmm. So it would make more sense for me to be the one to keep using my music. Mm-hmm. However, um, that did not happen. So <laughs> yeah. they asked me to to use something else. Mm-hmm. So I did, and I, I tried to be as accommodating as possible by putting the front of the song on that on that track. Yep. And it just didn't vibe. (laughs) (laughs) It was rough, man. (laughs) So, you know, I did the best I could given the circumstances. And I was like, I just got to rock with this until I can figure something out. Yeah. And, man, oh, the way that that blew up on the internet. (laughs) It was like, man, I thought you guys were my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. I think I'm starting to understand some things here, but uh, yeah, between between the gear and the music, oh, I just got destroyed. I was like, okay, so oh, what can we do? So yeah. I'm like, okay, I've got to have patience. I've got to own this thing while I have it. I don't have a choice. Like this is just the way it is. And some people have to understand that in the world of business, you just can't get everything you want right yeah, away. Exactly. That's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I asked them, I said, hey, give me some time. Like, I, I understand this is not the best case scenario, but this is the scenario I've been given. Like, I thought I would have some time, maybe take some little time off and kind yeah. of figure things out before, but it went from like, all right, takeover's done to your debuting on Monday. And it was like, holy sh- okay. <laughs> yeah. I nothing ready, nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I didn't know that I was going to have to change music, so I, I had nothing ready. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, <laughs> over time, eventually, you know, people backstage were like, hey, y'all got to let Keith do his thing. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually they were like, well, do you think you could write something and then maybe record it again? And I was like, yeah, just give me the okay. Mm-hmm. It took a little time, but eventually I, I wrote something and got with uh, the music guys. And, you know, a little over over a little bit of time, we, we managed to put something together I was happy with. And yeah. even though the one that I'm using right now is actually a different version than what I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's... For what it for what it is, I'm I'm very happy to have something that I at least wrote and performed. 
yeah, no, definitely. It's still really, really good. The original theme song was great, but this one's still great as well. Um, you mentioned with the debut, you arrive on Raw with the new theme song, so that kind of shook people itself, but then you mentioned the attire as well. Was that kind of along the same lines where they wanted you to come up with a different look, or was that a was that a Keith Lee call? Did you want to come up with something completely different? And you mentioned how you didn't really have time to prepare. Uh, was that kind of the same story with the gear as well? So, uh, actually, yeah. And that's actually something that didn't make it into the documentary. I actually talked about it. Oh, okay. Um, it just didn't fit uh, in the time frame and, and the story that was going on in the documentary. Sure. But, yeah. yeah, I wanted to do something different. And <laughs> what I had was supposed to be a trial thing to see how it looked and felt. And I was going to, like, go train in it and just kind of see. But mm-hmm. I personally... The sleeveless shirt look is something I actually like and have worn before. Mm-hmm. So I didn't mind it. Um, no, the shorts were, you know, that just, that was a flop. Um, <laughs> and no one, no one knew it would be because they were rushed. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm on raw now. I wanted to try this new look. Can you make this in, uh, you know, 36 hours? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was like, yeah, I'll try something. And then the first set was wrong. So it was like, all right, that's that's bad fabric. Let's try something a little more loose. And yeah. then what we went with was... Yes. <laughs> it's so... It was like, from the, from the front, it didn't look that bad. But, <laughs> man... Actually, from the side, it didn't look that bad. From the front, it looked like this mm-hmm. situation that was just unfavorable and unsavory (laughs) and that's you know like soon as i wore them i was like this was all i had guys i'm sorry i was not prepared no nobody (laughs) nobody really cared it was just a chuckle for me and the boys but the fans oh my god (laughs) you know for me it was like all right i got the boys a laugh for the night and i tried these things out you know i i committed (laughs) And I knew I was switching. Like the moment I wore, I, as soon as my match was over, I texted my my dear lady, Miss Jolene, and I said, "Hey, we gotta get these shorts back. <laughs> 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 we gotta get the tights going because uh, these these shirts are not gonna cut it." She's like, mm-hmm, "I'm already on it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Thank you so much." So she's a sweetheart, and I, you know, I I was grateful for her because the hecticness of those first three weeks of being on Raw was unruly, man. Yeah. The reaction was crazy, dude. Because like you said, so you get the reaction when you get to Raw um, with the theme song, the attire, and then people forget you beat Randy Orton to payback in your first singles match on pay-per-view. So it's less about the theme song and the attire than it is the fact that you were winning straight out of the gate and facing Drew McIntyre and Orton in these high-profile main events. You're going to face McIntyre next week as well. So, already in Raw, you faced Orton. You faced Drew McIntyre, Sheamus Riddle, AJ Styles, Braun Strowman, the list goes on, among other people. Um, do you have any realistic dream opponents, whether they be on Raw, SmackDown, a legend, part-timer, whatever, that you want to face at some point in WWE? And is Brock Lesnar among them after the clash that you guys had in the Rumble earlier this year? Um, I think that Brock Lesnar has to be like at the top of the list just based on... Uh, the people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, obviously, they've seen some un- inconclusive things with Brock and with Roman, and, and those are two things I know they want, like, mm-hmm. drooling for it, even. But for me personally, um, I know 
at some point, if if I had my choice, <clears throat> because, pardon me, thanks to Corbin, my number one match that I wanted is gone, which was Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I could just have a knockdown, drag out battle with Cesaro. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that I want. Um, but there's other guys, man. Like, I would be honored to, to battle it out with Shinsuke Nakamura. But, I again, I want the handcuffs off. Mm-hmm. I want... I, I know what these guys are capable of. 100%. <clears throat> when they can cut loose. Mm-hmm. So... You know, these are these are the I I want the battles that are top tier at all times. That's just how I feel. That's what that's what makes my engine go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you know when I come out of NXT and, and came here, the most exciting thing was the fact that I hadn't fought the majority of the guys on this roster. So. You could say, dude, I just kind of want to fight everybody I haven't fought. (laughs) (laughs) That includes legends, man. But I know, you know, not everybody's available. But, you know, I'd love to step in the ring with any and everyone. That's Mm -hmm. just my nature. Like, competition is is what makes my blood boil. Goldberg, too. I think that'd be a very interesting matchup as well. I'd love to, you know. like, and, And, you know, people have their stigmas about... Uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Berg, but, (laughs) uh, you know, that guy, he probably doesn't even remember this, but, uh, the year that Mania was in New Orleans. Oh, the, the second time? Uh, this is the most recent time. Oh yeah. Okay. So in 2018 then. Yeah. And for, I think it was 34. Yeah. So yeah, that was right before I got signed. Right. Yep. And I was out with some buds, you know, obviously indie guys just having a good time. And then there were some fans there having a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was hanging out with some buds, and there was a couple fans around us. And Goldberg comes walking down, <laughs> down the street. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I think it was Bourbon Street, maybe. Sure. And as he's walking down, one of the fans is just like, hey, Goldberg. He stops. And he's a very intense guy. Mm-hmm. So he's like staring a hole in this dude. Mm-hmm. And this fan does not flinch, my man. He's just like, <laughs> you see this guy right here? He's Keith Lee. He's going to come to the WWE and beat you one day. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm like, wait, what? I didn't I didn't sign up for you to do that. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And he looks at me, and he takes a couple steps toward us, and he looks at me, he looks at him, and he kind of takes a little grin, looks at me, he goes, whenever you get there, change nothing about you. Which, to me, meant he has an idea who I am, and yep. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then he shook my hand and just kept walking. I was like, what is going on? That's crazy. That's so, amazing. Yeah, that was super unexpected, and I, I believe that guy's name was Ryan. So, Ryan, if you if you listen to this, know that I have not forgotten you, my friend. <laughs> that 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 moment will be burned into my memory forever. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, Goldberg holds a little special place because just because of that. I think Ryan just booked the future WrestleMania main event right there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so, Mr. Ryan. Maybe so. 
Um, you're one of the better big men wrestlers in WWE right now, Brody. Uh, right now, Keith. But what I was going to get to was Brody Lee just passing away a couple days ago, the former Luke Harper. Uh, you posted a really nice message on your Twitter a couple days ago regarding his passing and kind of the outpouring of support that's come out about him and everything else. Um, have you ever, did you have any, any experiences working with Brody, any fond memories of him, uh, you know, in, in the time that you guys have spent on the wrestling scene? So I've never worked with him in the ring together. Okay. Um, I've had, you know, a few conversations with him and he's always been an excellent guy. Matter of fact, um, I did a little kind of like a video tribute, um, recently and I'm hoping that it's going to come out and and, and be delivered to the right people. Nice. But, um, so he, he's always been, you know, one of those rare and few, what I like to call good brothers. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a couple of gents that, that call themselves that, but <laughs> it is a term that we use for the guys that we can trust and are literal good brothers. Mm-hmm. John was very much that. Um, and, and unfortunately in this world today, there are not a lot of decent human beings. John was that, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I was concerned, anyhow. And, you know, he's just a dude that you could have a conversation with, and he was pleasant and he was concerned and he was considerate and supportive you know, would give advice or suggestions whenever needed. Uh, but not only that, you know, he, he, the one thing that I will not forget, and this is something that I kind of live vicariously through, mm-hmm. through Dijak, is he and Dijak had a match. Uh, I think it was the World's Collide match, right? A Mania last year? You are correct, my man. Mm-hmm. And, the guy just wanted to go in and have fun, man. And yeah. Dijak didn't know what to expect. Like, you, you work some of these guys that have been around, and it's like, they're like, oh, hold your horses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my man John was just like, nah, settle up, bro. We're going we're gonna to go in and have some fun and, and, and make them. Because, you know, he wasn't being used that much then, and, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. So it was a frustrating time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, seeing that match and the fun that Dijak had, like, that was touching. So not only is he a good human being in general, but in terms of business, you know, just a good dude, man. Mm-hmm. So he's someone that I have absolute respect for. And, you know, all the all the biggest wishes for strength and healing for his family. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And uh, final question for you, Keith. We approach 2021. This is coming out in 2021. We're speaking on December 30th uh, at the moment. What are, I mean, obviously resolutions are very, you know, people talk about resolutions all the time, but do you have any predictions or anything you hope to accomplish specifically in 2021? And of course, winning the WWE title next week on Raw is a given, but whether it be at WrestleMania, facing a certain person, winning this title, doing this, doing that, or even anything outside of the ring that you hope to do specifically in 2021? Because as far as 2020 is concerned, we got to get this year out of the way and just move on from it as quickly as possible. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're telling me. I can't wait for these next couple of days to yep. get out, out of the way because goodness gracious. <laughs> um, but you know what? Um, I think that I do have... 
some idea of things that I want to do within the next year, and, and some of them involve uh, solidifying my station in WWE, and by that I mean having high-profile matches and, and maybe main eventing some pay-per-views and things of that sort. At the very least, getting a taste of what WrestleMania is like mm-hmm. to be in it. Because that's a, that's a different beast. That's a different animal. And to go out there and, and not just shine, but stand out, be different, be unique, be Keith Lee. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. the idea. But um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what that future holds and the opportunities that come with it. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, 2021 is bound to be a great year kicking off in the biggest way possible. You and McIntyre, first Raw of the Year WWE Championship should be fantastic. Keith, thanks so much for the time, man. You're an inspiration. You've had a hell of a year. Looking forward to uh, bigger, better things in 2021. Uh, Thanks for having me, man. Of course, man. Take care. Have a great one. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks to Keith Lee for the time, but now we welcome on Mr. Marceau. We're talking all things New Year's Evil, New Year's Smash Night 1, Monday Night Raw Legends tonight from this past week. Mr. Marceau, above all else, welcome back to the show, and Happy New Year, my friend. What's going on, GSM? Happy New Year to you as well. We missed you on the back half of second uh, of last week's episode, the second half of the Year in Review Awards. Uh, rumor is, is that the show is still going on to this day. <laughs> That's how fucking long we were doing that show for. It went on for a while, even when you were on, but we went on for like another hour, even after you left. Um, oh, that's, baby. That, that's how much we had to talk about on last week's show. We were discussing this briefly beforehand, um, but just to kind of wrap that part of it up, did you have any additional thoughts on, after I texted you the results, on who won what, aside from just the most disappointing wrestler of the year going to Joey Janela? Cause I'm sure that shocked you, obviously. I mean, everything else, like, kind of, I believe everything else that you sent me, like, lined up with where I thought it should be. I mean, Drew and, uh, I think it was Bailey, one that's the male and female there. I think that that's definitely correct. Um, I was afraid people were, like, going to just vote for Roman, which would be stupid because he came back, like, one quarter of the year, so that have been really stupid. But I'm glad it went to Drew. Um, but, Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think everything was voted on correctly for the most part, aside from the Joey Janela stuff. And the Roman Reigns thing that you mentioned was exactly what Alexis said. So I'm glad um, he was actually right where he should have been because he was behind Moxley and Drew at number one. So it was Drew, John Moxley, who I would put at my number two for overall in 2020 for both promotions, including NXT. And then I would put Roman Reigns at number three. So I thought that was uh, perfectly positioned there. But, um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about today here, too. Not a ton of time, because I do got to let you go soon. Um, but between Raw Legends tonight, which we won't spend a ton of time on, just because there's really not a ton to talk about as it is, uh, for a legend show, it was pretty tame. Not that my expectations were through the roof to begin with, but I'll talk about why it was a disappointing show soon enough. Uh, more importantly, we have AEW New Year's Smash. I almost said New Year's Dash, but that's New Japan. Um, you didn't catch any of Wrestle Kingdom, did you, Mr. Marceau? I got better stuff to do in my life. Wow. Well, Wrestle Kingdom 15, both night one and night two, was great. <laughs> um, I don't ordinarily check out the product, but I, I did this year, and it was very good. But, yeah, we have New Year's Smash the Breakdown from AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, in addition to NXT New Year's Evil, a takeover-worthy show, also on Wednesday night. Uh, so we'll break both of those down momentarily. But before then, Mr. Marceau, how did you spend your New Year's last week? Went to my sister's house and barely stayed up to midnight. How about you? Did you barely... So you stayed up till midnight, because I think you texted me right afterward. 
<laughs> Barely. I don't even know I did it, honestly. I was zoning out. I was about to fall asleep. I made it. Couldn't tell you how I did it. Couldn't tell you how he did it. Well, you did make it to 2021. Do you have any bold predictions for 2021 as far as the wrestling world is concerned? I ask this question every year. Normally, you're not on the show to, to discuss it with me. I, I, You know me. I, I never really make any predictions. Yeah, this kid, this kid doesn't <laughs> want to put his name out there, so when he's totally wrong. I feel like you've done it exactly. before. Exactly. so wrong that you're like, just like stop doing it, unfortunately. Yeah, no, it's not just that I'm wrong. It's just that I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a very creative person in the sense that I can't come up with things that I think are going to happen. I can tell you things that I want to see happen. For example, I would love to see Samoa Joe get back in the ring this year. He has not wrestled for the company on TV since fucking like January or February. I would like to see him back in action. Not sure how likely that is. Um, that's one thing I want to see the 24 seven championship just completely gone from the show. It's such a complete waste of time. I, I wrote down a list of a bunch of things I want to see happen. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the list, but is there anything off the top of your head, Mr. Marceau, that you want to see happen in 2021? Um, definitely don't want to see Drew and Goldberg for the titles <laughs> of WrestleMania. I sent that to you. That is definitely not what I want to see happen. That'd be terrible. So I'm out on that. Um, someone new, I think something, someone new winning the, uh, Royal Rumble would be cool, uh, for men and women, like someone that, like, has never won, like, a world title or really contended for one, I think that'd be pretty neat. Like Drew last year. Yeah, like Drew last year, that was pretty cool, like, they actually made a star out of him for, out of someone new for once. Um, use the money in the bank, like, actually use it correctly this year, I mean... I saw I listened to their show yesterday and a lot of people are like, Well, just because you win doesn't mean you should should win should win the belt anyways, like which I completely agree. But I feel like lately the money in the bank, like it's like a curse winning it because you just lose a lot and then you never cash in correctly. So that would be pretty neat. Um, pushing NXT talent if they get called up correctly. I mean, from last year, I, I couldn't remember anyone that got called up last year that actually had a good year. Um, I mean, Ricochet's I think he's buried in my backyard right now, so <laughs> It just, just, just like improve a lot and just don't go back to your old ways. Um, but nothing like set in stone prediction wise. I'll probably, I'll probably like draft up an article or one or a little Ooh. bit. For, oh yeah. Like I, I completely forgot like about that. It's a yearly thing, you know, you know, I spend a little bit of time. Got to keep the uh, tradition like alive. Those are things that are never going to happen. So, um, but no, I just. For WWE, at least, like, just don't go to your old ways. I feel like they always do that, and that's, like, just, like, makes the show unbearable. So, like, don't do that. Like, continue to make new stars. I understand that whole pandemic and shit, like, everything sucks, and it's tough and stuff like that, and ratings clearly aren't there, and people aren't watching, but got to start at the ground level and build your way up. So, even if it sucks right now, just turn it around, and you get the product the right direction, and then, then you start moving into crowds again, I think you can regain some of that audience that you lost because of the pandemic and then mm-hmm. go on the up. If you continue the way you're going, it's just going to continue to go down until just even the fucking hardcore people stop watching. So, mm-hmm. but AEW, AEW though, mm, I feel like they're doing pretty good. I mean, I bitch a lot about it, but... Well, I mean, like, get rid of, like, the, I mean, I don't know if I would get rid of it, but at least drastically overhaul the win-loss record shit because it's like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, that would yeah. be my thing. That's not, that's not a quick fix, though, unless they completely get yeah, rid of it. Yeah, that's not a quick fix. Just keep pushing the right people. I feel like they they seemed to like they were going to start pushing some newer people, like Hangman, MGF seemed like they are going to get pushed, and that's kind of fell on the wayside at this point. I mean, Omega's been good. 
um, the Bucks. Uh, Darby, I mean, Darby surprised a lot of people. I think he's one of their breakout superstars. He hasn't really done a lot since he's won the belt. I mean, he's had like those conversations with Team Taz, but nothing really concrete. I think he can be uh, one of their breakout guys, especially in 2021. Um, but just pushing the right people. I think I think they had the right direction with MGF and Hangman, and maybe they didn't think they were ready, vice versa. But it's one of those things, like we always say, got to strike when the iron's hot. Mm-hmm. I think some of these guys have been at the right position. They just pulled, didn't pull the trigger, and then they kind of fell down. And Like, they both were at a high point, and now they're kind of – they just dropped once that happened. So that's a WWE thing they do a lot as well. When someone should win the belt – I understand people say they might not be ready, but, like, you don't know they're ready until they get there. So, mm-hmm. it's, like, giving them a shot, especially with the pandemic. People are like, oh, like, this year sucked. Drew was a champion. Like, he was a great champion. Just, like, the way that everything, the roller coaster unfolded just didn't work out for him. But any other year, I feel like he would have had a really great year and people would have been behind him. I mean, there's always those people that would have turned their backs on him once he won the belt. But I think <laughs> that, That's was, inevitable, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, he would have won the belt, and by June they would have wanted him to lose the belt already normally because yep. people people just want new and change so quickly that they don't, like, cherish what they have already. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty much it. So that's a quick glance. Quick glance at RJ's two cents for what he expects to happen or wants to happen in 2021. I completely agree. I didn't create a wish list for AEW. I wrote down a couple of things I want to see happen in WWE. I didn't make one for AEW just because there's really not a lot of things I would be like, oh, I really, really want to see this or... You know, there's this one person I really think they should sign. Uh, Marty Skrull, for example. He got fired from Ring of Honor. Not fired, that's the wrong word to use. Uh, they mutually went their separate ways. They Ring of Honor and Marty Skrull the other day. I, I honestly don't see him going to AEW. Do you? No, I don't believe so. It seems like... I, I'm just going to say no. Is he damaged goods at this point? Yes. Yeah, I would say so too. Um... But yeah, so what I was going to say was in terms of talent acquisitions, I think they built up a pretty great roster for themselves in 2020. It's a matter of how they use those people going forward. I guess the only other thing aside from the whole win-loss record stuff is making that second show, which they announced, I think, a year ago, about a year ago. I forgot exactly when it was, uh, that they were making a second show that wouldn't be dark. But we need a second show a la SmackDown in like 99, 2000, uh, 2001 that they can use to showcase all this additional talent they've had um, join the company in 2020. Because I feel like the women's division, as great as their roster is, the women's division still needs a lot of work. They have a lot of tag teams that only really get airtime on Dark and never really on Dynamite. There's just not enough television time, and that's fine, but they can use that additional television time with whatever that second show is, to showcase those stars. So hopefully we get that at some point in 2021. There's been no update on when we're going to be getting it or where or what it's going to be, um, but hopefully we get an update on that soon. Uh, my WWE wish list for 2021, I think I've said this on hashtag before because I remember reading these off somewhere, but real quickly, some things that I would like to see happen, not more so predictions. Um, but I, I, I just mentioned the Samoa Joe one. King Corbin, it's got to go. The King shit has got to go. I don't even mind, what are their names? Wesley, Blake, and um, Steve Cutler being with Corbin. I actually don't really mind that, but the whole King shit has got to go. Speaking of King of the Ring, stuff like that, Queen of the Ring, I know was rumored at one point for 2020, had to be canceled, I believe due to the pandemic. Um, I would love to see that become a thing. I know they're doing the Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic this year. That's awesome, and I think NXT is a great place to do that. But they should bring back the Queen of the Ring and have it be like a Mae Young Classic in in 2021. But you can use stars from NXT, Raw, SmackDown, 
um, you know, indie people, a lot like the Mae Young Classic, but using stars from other, you know, brands as well. Um, Undisputed Era, Rhea Ripley being on the main roster, I feel, is inevitable. Damian Priest as well. We'll kind of get to that in the NXT review. Um, Naomi, I think, would be a great fit for the Hurt Business. We have not seen nearly enough of her in 2020. Um, I know she got hurt a bunch of times. She's taken time off for various things. They also had nothing for her at a few different points. I know that was teased at one point. I would like to see that. Uh, Ray and Dominic Mysterio winning Tag Team Gold together, I feel, is inevitable. Whether it be at WrestleMania or another time, I think that'd be cool to see. And also getting rid, as I said earlier, of the 24-7 championship, which is a complete waste of time. Uh, real quickly, before we move on, though, you reminded me, Mr. Marceau, so I'm going to do it here. Uh, while we're on the subject of predictions, I'm going to read off real quickly. <laughs> I, I found it. Your Ugh. five 2020 wrestling bold predictions for pro wrestling. So here we go. We're going to put you on the I'm spot. I'm going to have to walk away. This is going to be bad. I don't think I hit that any I mean, you might have to walk away after this first one. Number one, Tessa Blanchard goes to WWE over AEW. She didn't end up anywhere. The only place that she ended up was in the was in the unemployment line after she quit Impact, and we haven't heard from her since. So, um, and obviously, there's a lot of controversy there. There's a lot of baggage there. Anything to say on the Tessa Blanchard front, Mr. Marceau? And the funny thing about that was was that you put up this article on the 3rd of January last year. The stuff about her, the whole racist thing, came out literally days later. So what do you have to say on the Tessa Blanchard stuff? No comment. <laughs> we move right along to number two. I plead the f- Is that what they say? I plead the fifth. Plead the fifth, exactly. This was a great prediction. AEW debuts a secondary title won by Cody. So you actually nailed that, Mr. Marceau. You had no indication they were creating a second championship. I know it was rumored at one point, but you not only got that right, but you got the fact that it was won by Cody Wright, too. So I mean, that's just a slam dunk. You're welcome. Yeah, I guess, given the fact that he can't contend for the world title anymore. But that was a great prediction, though. Um, unfortunately, number three did not happen, that being Sonya Deville winning the Raw or SmackDown Women's Championship, which... Honestly, there's a good chance that it could have happened had they not derailed her push, and, and that wasn't WWE's fault. Um, she just had to take time off due to the whole you know break-in thing that happened over the summer. So she was well on her way to getting a championship by the end of 2020 had she not taken time off, and thankfully she's back now. Um, anything to say about Sonya Deville, Mr. Marceau? Um, I mean, I think I was pretty close on that one. I think she had a pretty good 2020. I mean, she she was having a good run in that whole, like, the home invasion thing kind of like knocked it off and then she like got written off TV for a while and now she's coming back. But I mean, from where she was in January to like where she was before she left, I mean, she was kind of in that direction. And then, like I said, that whole home invasion thing happened and it kind of set off the rails. But I mean, I- I'll take that as like, I'll take that as like a check and a half. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I, know, I, I would too. totally off on that one. I think she started getting that momentum. Obviously her personal stuff came up, but I mean, I think she's got, She's got the wheels turning now that she's back. She has the character down. Um, she could probably improve in the ring a little bit. I think she could still use a little bit of seasoning. But, I mean, 2021 could be uh, all steam ahead for uh, the Pride Fighter. Yeah, I think that's I her think. nickname. I believe. Right? I believe so, if I'm not mistaken. I think so as well. <laughs> No, I would give you I would give you half a check for that, just because at the time that you wrote this, you got to remember back in January of last year, she was doing absolutely nothing, and they were just starting the Mandy Rose Otis stuff that she wasn't really involved in. She was off doing her own thing. So uh, the fact that you didn't, you, no one really expected her to break out the way that she did. And Mandy Rose broke out, but in a different way. Uh, Sonya really broke out as a big star in that women's division. Did the best work of her entire career. 
And I think she will be holding gold by the end of two, uh, 2021. I could see Bianca Belair becoming champion and then Sonya being the one to beat her for that championship at some point later on in the year. Uh, number four, unfortunately, did not come true. Survivor Series finally has stakes. I mean, another year, no stakes. Uh, I feel like by this point, we should just accept that's never going to happen, Mr. Marceau. Yeah, I I mean, I'll just admit defeat on that one. It's just... <sighs> that was more wishful thinking, I think. It's just, yeah, that's like a wishful, like, fantasy, like, definitely should happen thing. But WWE's just too stupid to never do it. So... I'm not, I'm not like, I'll take the feet on it. You know, I'll take it on the chin, but I mean, I think that's more of them. It's more, it's, it's like, it's more them than me, you know, like in a relationship. It's not me. It's you <laughs> yeah. go with that. That's more them than me. I mean, it is wants, more them. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone wants it. Like make it mean something. They continuously let us down. It just, I'm just going to accept this point. Like I'll be surprised if it ever happens, but you know what? I'm just going to give up on that train. It was like the women's tag team thing. Yeah. Like, it sounded cool. But, I mean, that's totally different. I mean, that's just a train wreck now. But I think Survivor <laughs> having stakes, like, that can't not – I don't think that can't work. Maybe they're, like, hesitant because they already have, like, two things or two shows that kind of already, like, have stakes. Mm-hmm. So, like, they have the Royal Rumble and the Money in the Bank. So, like, maybe they don't want it to be, like, stakes galore and, like, trophy for everyone. But, I mean – the show means fucking diddly at this point. So just, like, do something. Like like I said, the winning team or winning something, like, give them something. Like, at least something. Yeah. Title opportunity. I think if they get a title opportunity, they lose. Fine. But give them some reason for people to give two poops about these people winning. <laughs> they don't. It's like, oh, you're the sole survivor, and it does nothing. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, the shows have been decent. You would think that after last year's show, and when I say last year, I mean 2019, um, after that great installment involving NXT, you would think, oh, man, that was such a success. They would indeed have stakes for last year's installment in 2020. But not only did they not do that, they took a step backward by taking NXT out of the equation for the 2020 show. And that might have been COVID-related. It probably was. But it was still disappointing nonetheless. And then your fifth and final prediction here, not way off. I would give you half a check on this one, too. That being Hangman Adam Page winning the AEW World Championship. Um, it just wasn't the right time. I, I mean, I think it's going to happen this year. I think if it's not Page beating Omega for the championship at some point this year, then what's even the point? What, what are we doing here if Page is not the world champion by the end of 2021? So I think you were right on with that prediction you were just off by a couple of months. Because I think we all expected Omega to win the championship at some point from Moxley. We just didn't think it would wait. they would wait until December to do it. Um, I mean, yeah, I think this year... Um, it has. If he doesn't win this year, what, like you said, what are we doing here? I think if the story that they're telling, I think they're smart enough that's the direction they're going to go in. Um, WWE would... Oh my God, the guy would be on main event by now, but... <laughs> That, yeah, that, it, it just, yeah, so, it, 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 it has to be his time. If it's not, guys should just go back to ROH. No, I think he will be. I, I, I think he will be champion in due time. Um, And it's not like they booked him badly. He really got over at the beginning of this year. The pandemic happened. He was tag team champion for most of the year. So it's not like he had a bad 2020 at all. Um, the guy's great, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings in 2021 as well. So we move forward from there into Raw. We don't have a ton of time, as I mentioned, but we're not doing a full-on review of Raw. The show fucking sucked. Um, some of the matches were good, 
But as far as a Legends Night episode of Raw goes, and I said earlier, it wasn't a show that I had all these lofty expectations for. But when you say Legends Night, and they advertise all the people that they do, you would think at least, not everybody obviously, I never expected Boogeyman to be involved in something meaningful, but you would think at least Hogan, or Flair, I mean, come on, you're a big Tory guy, RJ. Why not have her in something more meaningful than helping R-Truth win back the 24-7 fucking title? I mean, even when they did Raw Reunion a few years ago and Stone Cold was in the ring doing a toast to all the legends, even that was better than this. I mean, they fucking sat on the stage and watched Drew McIntyre beat Keith Lee. It was just completely random. It did nothing for anybody. They had Hogan attempt to endorse McIntyre backstage, which I'm not even really sure if that means anything at this point, with all the bad blood surrounding Hogan, unfortunately. Um, it just, it, it felt like a swing and a miss. I'll be, I, I, again, I had people tweeting me, well, you know they did this for the ratings, right? No fucking shit they did this for the ratings. Why else would they do a fucking Legends Night? The only reason they do shit like that, that, that they do shit like this, is to boost the ratings. I'm not stupid. I'm just saying if you're going to do it, then make the most out of it. Because they've done this before for the ratings, and they've actually ended up being pretty good shows. Given who they brought in here, I thought this was a complete dud of a show that really accomplished nothing other than giving us a great main event and an interesting you know, post-match segment with Goldberg, which we'll get into, challenging Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble. The rest of this Raw, as far as I'm concerned, was a real giant waste of time. Yeah, I mean, I thought the show <laughs> would be better. I kind of assumed, I mean, it's one of those things people, like, get pissy. It's like, oh, like, you bring all these veterans in and they, like, come in and not do anything or they take too much time up. So I get it, but, like, like you said, they just brought people in not really to do anything. So that was very strange. Um, the Hogan thing was a waste of time. Um, Ric Flair, like, why like him like banging Lacey Evans like who gives a shit <laughs> oh god um Tori Wilson a complete dud Mickey I mean Mickey James is not even a legend she was there like two weeks ago her slaughter Tataka like who cares Mark Henry and the big show like that's just like Randy weren't shitting on them and he never did anything and then Goldberg I just that was just a fucking complete mess like him coming out like you're disrespecting the legends like when Drew won the title, he was basically, like, saying, like, how he, when he, now that he's, like, the big dog, like, he wants to help people backstage and, like, be a helpful hand. Clearly, I read a thing that they said that he was supposed to, like, trash the veterans and they ran out of time. But then Goldberg just sounded like a complete idiot. Like, Drew has been, like, the most respectful guy ever. Now he's like, you're disrespecting legends. Like, no, he didn't. So shut the hell up, buddy. Do you think and, he, maybe he thought he was Randy Orton? Maybe, I don't know. How much sense did that make, dude? Orton's going backstage, disrespecting everybody, and then McIntyre does nothing wrong, and Goldberg's like, oh, you're disrespecting all the legends, eh? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> what are you talking the most, about? The whole show was just a complete clusterfuck. I can't say I'm surprised, but, jeez. You put all this time and energy putting in a legend show, and it just was a fat-out, just, a, just a, another episode of Raw. You bring all these people in, to do nothing. It was just, it's what it is. I mean, it's classic WWE, but it just, who gives a fuck? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just, it was the show I was looking forward to. It was the first Raw of the year. I really thought they would kick off the show on a better note than they did. Um, they didn't. Uh, the Keith Lee and McIntyre match was great. Again, I, I just actually had the interview with Keith air at the beginning of this show that we're doing right now. I think Keith and McIntyre really killed it. Um, McIntyre winning clean was fine by me. You know, Keith should not have lost to Miz and Morrison a couple of weeks ago, but him losing here clean to McIntyre did not bother me. 
the Goldberg stuff. You mentioned it right there a little bit. Let's address the elephant in the room. We're getting McIntyre and Goldberg for the WWE Championship at the Royal Rumble, as opposed to Roman Reigns versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship at the Royal Rumble, which was the match we all figured would happen. Goldberg and Roman literally said, you're next to each other on Twitter, on the bump, whatever. They've addressed it so many times in the last couple of months. You had to know the match would happen, will happen at some point. We're not getting into the Rumble. I thought that was the perfect place to do it. Clearly, they're continuing the Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns stuff, which is fine. And I like the feud, but if Owens ain't going to win, then what's the fucking point? Um, and it just makes him more look more like a loser than he already is currently. But yeah, with the Goldberg-McIntyre stuff, break this down for me, Mr. Marceau. Because again, I said this on Twitter on Monday night. I don't hate the idea of the match happening. I honestly think it might be a better match than we could get from Roman and Goldberg if you have Drew in there instead. My problem is if, if Drew wins, I'm sorry, if Drew loses, it's just you're once again sending the wrong message and we're once again in the same fucking spot that we find ourselves every fucking year with this company as far as putting a part-timer in a main event spot for a world title and they're walking in as the world champion. I mean, Roman and Goldberg have done it so many times by this point. They've literally had a part-time champion going into WrestleMania for like the last five years. We, it's just completely ridiculous, dude, why we continue to fall into the same trend. And I know it hasn't happened yet, but I'm getting angry because I feel like they might do it again. Well, yeah, I mean, it just, it came out of left field, like you said. We um, just kind of, it came out of left field. I just, I, 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 I don't know what they were doing. It just seems like this was completely rushed. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. It just. I get it. Maybe they're trying to just do Goldberg because they don't have anyone for Drew now. But I mean, if Goldberg wins here, honestly, you you might have to start doing the raw review by yourself because I, I don't think I could stomach <laughs> Drew losing to fucking Goldberg in 2021. I, I don't think I could do it. I'm sorry. Um, the Fiend losing was bad enough, but I kind of figured there was a chance of that happening. This would just serve zero purpose. And again. I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but like if Keith Lee wins the Rumble, maybe he can beat Goldberg. But we don't. I don't want to fall into the same formula of Goldberg winning a belt and then losing it to a, a a current star. Why don't you just build up Keith Lee another way without having him beat Goldberg? You know who else beat Goldberg? Braun Strowman. Where the fuck is he right now? The answer is nobody knows, and a better answer is nobody cares. And I like Braun Strowman, but like the guy benefited absolutely nada from beating Goldberg at WrestleMania. I know that came out of nowhere because the whole Roman Reigns situation, but you would think they would at least capitalize on it. No, Braun feels even less special now than he did a year ago, and now that, that's after he's beaten Goldberg. And I know that has to do with Goldberg specifically, but I just, no, I just, the answer is no. Drew no. should absolutely not lose the championship. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. If Drew loses, like I said, you're going to have to watch Rob by yourself because I'm fucking done. <laughs> I just, you can do McIntyre and James to WrestleMania, and you should. Originally, that wasn't my idea for a WrestleMania match, but I think it should be. I mean, they're doing it at WrestleMania regardless, obviously. They're not going to give it away a fucking fast lane at this point, um, or Elimination Chamber or whatever. But I think it should be for the championship, even if Drew wins at WrestleMania. I think it should be for the championship. I think that makes the most amount of sense. No, I completely agree. Sheamus and Drew's the story right now. I mean, they can, even if you, realistically, what they should do is if Drew faces Goldberg, Beats fucking Goldberg Royal Rumble, which should happen. No fucking if fans or buts about it. And then I don't really know how you do the setup from there. I, I think you could just Sheamus 
clearly should be the next champ challenger. And if maybe if Drew takes on someone else at Elimination Chamber and Shane is kind of still like on the side, he can be like, what the fuck? Like, I helped you out when you beat Brock or when you beat Randy. I did the whole fucking Celtic, like his new gimmick, basically. Like the new Scottish, like with the sword, they helped you out. Like, I've been there on your side. Like, what the fuck? Like, clearly you should be giving me a chance. And then he can just turn on Drew, then make it like the brother thing. Like, they have the story there. I don't know how they're going to get to it. Like, the story's already written. They just need Sheamus to basically be like, you should have given me a title shot. I haven't got shit yet. Everyone else yeah. is jumping at me. Basically, that is. But, like, yeah, no. Th- that's, a, that's a Mania, WrestleMania championship match. Don't fucking put on Goldberg, and then we're fine. Yeah. I, I, Goldberg can still compete at WrestleMania. I just don't know. putting a, What'd you say? No. Done no? with Goldberg. Done with Goldberg. Wow. Well, he's got two matches a year, so he's going to have to wrestle at some point. Just write him a check. Write him a check. Not <laughs> worth it. So you're just basically saying, let's not and say we did. Correct. Like, I don't need to see Goldberg at WrestleMania. His matches aren't good. Move on. <laughs> I'm a Goldberg guy, and I'm just like, at 2021, I don't want to see him on my TV anymore. I'm sorry. I don't know. I think what would be even worse is if he beats Drew. And then he faces Roman in the unification match at WrestleMania, like you pitched to me on hashtag AskGSM. But why would you do a unification? Like that doesn't make any I don't, sense. I don't. I don't think they're gonna do that. Whoever made that graphic, listen, if they're right, that person is fucking Notre Dame, because I don't see them doing that. If anything, I see them having Goldberg win the belt and then facing Keith Lee, because um, I know Keith Lee was originally scheduled to be in a WWE title match at Mania anyway. At one point, I, I don't need to see Brock win the Rumble. I, I'm done with all that shit at this point. Yeah, I'm completely right there with you. We move on to two much better shows, a New Year's Smash and uh, New Year's Evil. We'll quickly go through the results and get your thoughts on both shows here, starting with, uh, we'll start with New Year's Smash. I thought it was a very good show overall, and of the two, it's hard to say it was the better show. I'd really have to go down and, and think about it, but this ended up being a far better show than I thought it would be, because I know looking on paper, the lineup was solid, um, but I told you a week or two ago, like there was, it, was a no, it was a no contest. I watched NXT first. It felt like a takeover show on paper. It was a takeover show. It ended up delivering as a takeover show, but Dynamite exceeded my expectations, even though not every match was a marquee match. Um, specifically for the main event, the main event was absolutely exceptional between Kenny Omega and Ray Phoenix for the AEW Championship. We'll start from the top here and work our way down to the bottom with other stuff that happened on the show, but let's just get it out of the way. So Omega retains the title against Phoenix. Um, out comes, you know, Don Callis is already out there. Butcher and Blade are, um, holding back Pack and, uh, Pentagon or Penta, whatever. So no one can come save Phoenix. And then out comes... The, not the Young Bucks. Who made the save here? I think it was Moxley, actually. Moxley attempting to make the save with a barbed wire baseball bat. Obviously. And then, uh, of course, what, what 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 else would it be? And then the Good Brothers crashed the scene, the current reigning Impact World Tag Team Champions, to help out Kenny Omega. The Young Bucks come out. They're conflicted by the whole thing. They do the two-suite to close out the show. I can hear WWE sending the trademarks as we speak. Um, the copyright infringement. Uh, what is it? The cease and desist as we, as we speak. But in all seriousness, I thought the match was amazing. And the post-match stuff, which you had to know was going to happen at some point, was a very good way of kicking off the year for AEW because it creates a very interesting scenario. Does Omega, do the Bucks join Omega? Does Omega manipulate them to kind of come along? Or do they turn their backs on Omega and the, and, and the Good Brothers? Uh, like, there, there's a lot of different factors that go into this, too, because they can also acknowledge, hey, Good Brothers, you guys could have been here originally had you not stayed with WWE. 
I think they should bring that up. I think they will bring that up. Without even mentioning WWE, you can tell that story and then have the Bucks go up against the Good Brothers. And There's a lot of different ways you can go with this, and I'm very excited to see what they do. So what were your thoughts in the ending, Mr. Marceau, as well as the World Championship match if you caught it? Um, I mean, I think I think the Good Brothers going to, to AEW is kind of like in the works. I haven't seen Impact because the show is absolute trash. Um, I have to say it every time because the show is fucking terrible. It's almost as bad as Raw. Um, Ooh, that's I, that's not fair. I said almost as bad as Raw. That's still that, not fair. <laughs> it's fair. Teenage trash. Um, but I see like snippets on Twitter because people clearly... I follow to retweet. So I've seen the Omega Good Brother stuff. So I knew that was kind of in the work from Mox that came out with this fucking garbage bat and stupidness. When they, like, it was definitely a big moment. I'm like, holy shit. But, like, I kind of saw it coming, so it wasn't as big. Then the Young Bucks, like, why? I mean, just keep them separate, please. But, I mean, I guess, I mean, everyone needs a faction, so I might as well just put them with them. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like they're missing the boat right now. I like, like FTR should be like where's FTR? Like I need more FTR. So mm-hmm. I get where they're going here, but like they need more. They like some if they all join together, someone's gonna have to combat them. Like the inner circle, like they're like have their ascension. So what's gonna happen there? I mean, if it was me, I would put FTR with Tully, with Hangman and Sean Spears have like little new four horsemen, and they can go after like this new group if that's what the direction they're going in. And then Hangman can beat Omega. And that's the big story, and then yada yada yada. Um, but yeah, that's the direction I would go in because Inner Circle's fucking terrible right now, and that's the direction I would go in. So yeah. Well, I, I don't think the Bucks are going heel. I think they're not long for the stable. I think they're going to tell the story of like where do they fall, and then they're ultimately going to get you know betrayed by Omega and the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, or Doc Gallows, whatever. Um, I I don't think you need like another ten man tag team match. God forbid we get the fucking uh, match beyond with Inner Circle and in, in this faction. Not that it would be terrible, but I mean I, I can't say that I'm overly anticipating Inner Circle reading off their New Year's resolutions on next week's show. Who could possibly give a fuck? Me. I mean, I, I, listen, I like Inner Circle, but I feel like it's a case where they're like, oh, anything involving them is bound to turn to gold. Which it it's not though. Can we just you know, face facts here and just admit that Inner Circle, while they are entertaining, not everything they do is absolutely amazing. You know, I just I just don't care. Like, I, I understand what they're trying to do here, and they're teasing dissension within the group. I just don't care. The Omega stuff is just far more compelling to me, and he's doing great work right now, and Phoenix fucking killed it against him, so... Um, that was the biggest story coming out of Dynamite. Overall, I thought it was a good show. Again, we're kind of giving an abbreviated review here. Uh, Moxley came back, cut a good promo... Um, the opening eight-man tag team match was fun for what it was. Wardlow and Hager was was fine. I'm glad Wardlow is uh, winning more, which is great. The Sting appearance was just a waste of time. Any anything else you want to add to that? Because I know we were talking about that before we went on the air here. Oh, um, I just I think they're just wasting the guy. He should be done doing a lot more than he is, and he's just coming out. No one's attacking him. Just kind of weird. Well, it's not even that he should be doing more. I just don't think he needs to be on the show every single week. Because it's just like when I hear the music now, it's like, oh, okay, he's just going to walk out, point a fucking baseball bat, and leave. Like, I know that he was doing that in WCW. I don't know if he was on Nitro every week. Maybe he was. But in 2021, you don't need to be doing this shit. And I like Sting. And they're probably building this Sting and Allen versus Team Taz in some form or fashion. I just don't think doing the same thing over and over every single week is going to make a lick of a difference. Especially if Team Taz is going to continue to lose. I don't see Cage winning the championship next week, do you? 
No. No. So they probably shouldn't continue to lose and then back down from a 61-year-old with a fucking baseball bat. Oh, it's a baseball bat. Cool, but there's like five of you guys. I mean, I would assume one of you could take a hit while the other one takes out Sting. I mean, it's really not rocket science here. Um, but I did think it was a great show overall. New Year's Evil, another excellent show. Carrying Cross knocking off Damian Priest, who could be main roster bound. Rhea Ripley losing to Raquel Gonzalez, which was another fantastic match. Last woman standing. Uh, Finn Balor retaining the NXT Championship against Kyle O'Reilly in another awesome main event. Uh, we had two filler matches with Zia Lee, who actually looks great. I'm liking the new Zia Lee. I don't really know what to think of the vignettes wow. and shit like that. But... Look at that. He did a fucking 180. No, I, I didn't do a 180. I just said we yeah, had to get... Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, I said we had to get... I had. Weeks. I said we had to move on from the vignettes. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Check thought you... Our- Folks, I was the one on it, not GSM. No, I said I was skeptical. You were definitely the fan, though. I will say that. I didn't say... I didn't, was, wasn't shitting on like it. like a maiden over here. Oh, stupid. <laughs> Mr. Marceau... It was silly. I didn't know if I called it the worst part of the show. But anyway, I digress. I thought she looked great last night. And the um, intergender tag team match was good, too. So any big... T- oh, and also Escobar beat Gray Metallic, which was another very fun match. Uh, so, like I said, excellent episode overall of NXT of the New Year's Evil episode. Uh, no real major developments. No title changes. No Adam Cole heel turn. Thankfully, I don't, I don't think that needed to happen anyway. Um, this was just a, just a really straightforward, great show. Anything to add to that, Mr. Marceau? That was a good show. Um, like you said, nothing like major. Like, they could have probably nixed the Gargano stuff, like... I don't need comedy in every show, so they probably could have nixed that. Um, the main event was good. Um, I kind of, eh, I like, I like thought the main event was good, not great. I, th- I think I liked the first match better. Um, the Carrion Damian match was good. Um, trying to think what's Oh, I loved Rhea and uh, what's her face Raquel. Raquel I thought yeah. that was a good match. Um, I love the finish. I love her finisher anyways. Like that, like the pickup choke slam, like slam. Thing. It looked great. Like, it looked great. Oh, yeah. like a million bucks. I think that's a great move too. Seems like they're going with EO and Mercedes, whatever happened to EO and Tony. So yeah, look, I know. I, I was wondering good. that too. And they also still have Zaya, not Zaya. Um, EO and, uh, God, who else to get to at some point? Oh, Raquel, obviously she pinned EO at war games. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Um, but no, I thought the show was like straight. Like you said, a good show. Not great. I thought it was a good show, not great. Um, but yeah, it was just a good show. I thought Zia Lee looked good. I, I mean, that person that she's with seems creepy as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, next week's the Dusty Tournament, or Dusty Classic, or whatever they're calling it. So, we'll see what happens. The Tag Team Vision needs a facelift in NXT. Oh my goodness. I couldn't even tell you who the champions are right now. <laughs> Only the Lorcan and Danny Burch. Oh, yeah. See, that's, I honest, that's not even me joking. I couldn't even yeah. tell you who it was. So... We'll see. I mean, I think I think they're in a good direction going into 2021. Um, Balor's champion's great. Um, Johnny, I guess, is great. I mean, I've, I like Gargano. I like Ciampa. But just to the point, it's like, been there, done that. Like, you guys need to just move on. It just, especially in developmental, it's just like, how much more can you do? It's like, I get it's on TV and, like, you really don't want to go to the main roster. And I really don't blame you because you'll probably be on two or five in a week. But, like... The whole show is about building people up. Even with Bal- I'll get back. Like, it's different with Balor because, like, he was there and then he came back. And, like, they kind of need, like, another big guy at this point because they lost Lee. They lost some other big people as well. So, like, I get it. But, like, I've done- I'm been there with Johnny and Ciampa. Like, can we just move on from them? And, like, Bronson Reed was on the show last night. I think he can be a big-time player in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrion. I like Carrion. I- I- his matches don't do a ton for me. He's kind of boring. 
I like his character as a whole, but, like, the match last night was just, like, there, I felt like. It's a good match, but, like, I don't know, he's very plotty. Very plotty, and, like, I don't know, he's not as athletic as a big man as you see normally, so maybe that's why it is. He's not as athletic as other people you see, so it's kind of like, eh. He's more but, of a martial artist than he is athletic, but I know dude, what you there mean. You go. Exactly. Yeah. He's, like, very plotty when he moves. Yeah, so. more methodical. Yeah, I know what you're saying. There you go. Yeah. And I think EO's great. I think they have so many women in the pipeline that they can't really mess it up. I mean, I, I'm i not the biggest Mercedes fan, so if she won, I wouldn't be huge on that, but I like Tony and Raquel enough. I mean... I think they have the pieces there. I think the women's division will be fine. Um, but the tag team di- division definitely is a facelift. But I think, like I said, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, they have a lot of underneath guys as well. So um, no complaints. I think the show for 2021, I think it'll be better in 2021. I think 2020 was a lot of the same. Um, but 2021, I think I think will be a big year for NXT. day. I agree. Damian Priest on SmackDown, yay or nay? Yay. Yay. Well, I think they got to put him in the right role because he was supposed to be te- teaming with Owens last week against Roman and Jay. And apparently they nixed it because they were like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so they didn't yeah, do it. What sense. I'm glad they nixed it because that makes absolutely no sense. But I do like him being on SmackDown, though. This was a nice farewell for him if this was indeed it. Rhea Ripley, too, and I assume she probably goes to Raw, right? Yay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think she goes to ride, and that's the right place for it. But that's it, Mr. Marceau. I got to let you go. Have a great one. I'll catch your ass next week, brother. See you later, GSM. And, of course, you guys can check out new episodes of the show every single Thursday right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean. New episodes every single Thursday. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss an episode in 2021. Have a great one, guys. Thank you, as always, for checking out the show, supporting the show, listening to the interviews, checking out our conversations with Mr. Marceau and myself. Um, I am talking to Stone Cold Steve Austin when I say I'm talking to I already did actually um, just a, not not too long ago but the interview is going up tomorrow on my YouTube channel might put the audio of that interview right here on the channel or rather here on the show next Thursday so stay tuned for that in addition to my exclusive interview with the number one contender to the Intercontinental Championship Apollo Cruz that should also be going up on the YouTube channel exclusively um, either right now today or tomorrow it's very very soon but the Steve Austin interview I might very likely put here on the show next week just because it was a really cool conversation but all that being said guys have an awesome rest of your week i'm graham jason matthews and i'll catch your ass down the road <laughs>